0: Welcome to Grails, a podcast by Alton Insights. My name is John Tunger, and on this episode, I'm joined by Scott Greenberg. He's the co-founder and CEO of StarStock. He talks about how they're building the stock market for all sports cards. We also talk about how the fantasy sports and sports gambling world are affecting the card market. There are a ton of gems in this one, and Scott was also nice enough to say, hey, if you've never signed up for StarStock and you do so using the code Alton, A L T A N, you get a free $10, free $10 to spend on the platform. This is hashtag not sponsored. Scott's just a nice guy and wants to hook up the Grails listeners. So use code Alton to get a free $10. Let's get started. The founding team of Starstock really is an all-star cast. You have Scott Greenberg heading up the ship, and he's joined by two major veterans from the fantasy football world, one being Nigel Eccles, founder of a small company called FanDuel and Mike Kuchera, who is the director of customer support from FanDuel and together they're creating a way to buy sports cards at scale, right? Feeling a lot of the same frustration that a lot of us have felt. If you actually want to buy a card, so you really believe in a player, it is extremely difficult to get your hands on a bunch of cards of the same player. If you're buying from things like eBay or your local card shop, it's just hard to go and actually buy at scale. But Starstock is making this extremely easy and different than a lot of other companies that we cover, like even say Dibs or Collectible. When you buy a card on Starstock, you actually own that card and it's moved into your Starstock vault. And the hope is that if you really believe in a player, their career, their future, that this is an easier way to financially benefit from that conviction.
1: Similarly to you, I got in from the fantasy football kind of space. Um, You know, I in 2018, I drafted Patrick Mahomes um, in my, in my league and I didn't win. And I was upset about that. And then I saw <laughs> his card prices from before the season to after. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm playing the wrong game. I should, be, right. I should be playing in the card I space. should have
0: won. I should be compensated for this. <laughs> yeah.
1: And so immediately after that, I started looking into basketball players and I went on to eBay and, you know, first off was surprised that I was going back to the same site that i was using when i was seven eight nine years old Um, and it
0: hasn't changed much you know
1: (laughs) no no hasn't changed much um and i went in you know looking to buy um a few players that i thought you know uh, most people didn't really know about and i wanted to buy them at scale i wanted to buy like 100 rookie cards and quickly figured out like wow this is a lot of work um and you know there's, there's just a lot of research that goes into it. You're buying in individual transactions, you have dozens or hundreds of boxes or packages showing up at your doorstep. And then when you're on the selling side, you know, that's hundreds of printing labels, your you're, uh, uh, shipping labels, you're printing out, you're going to the post office every day. And so we just identified that there's a lot of work that goes into this game of, you know, buying and selling cards and so with star really the goal was to create a platform where people can instantly trade and trade at scale um and so the thought was you know why could you go to Robinhood and buy a hundred shares of tesla with a couple of clicks and it might take you you know 60 seconds but if you wanted to you know buy a hundred you know rookie cards of patrick mahomes it could take you weeks or even months to to do the whole thing there and so we wanted to create a platform where people could go in Buy a card at scale, you know, buy multiple in one transaction, and to actually get ownership of that card immediately, um, you know, after clicking the confirm button.
0: Yeah, and I feel that I just bought a what is it? One of those printer label makers, and it's because it's miserable. It's miserable to have to do this mm-hmm. stuff and put it on a box and send it. Go to the post office. Like, is it going to get there? Am I going to lose this card? So, yeah, that totally makes sense uh, for the audience. So how does this work? So I get my card, say I bought a card on eBay or whatever. And I'm like, wait, why do I want to hold this in my house? I then package it up and ship it to you guys. How does that work?
1: Exactly. So you can send us, you know, we'll get packages that have one card in it. Um, people will actually put in our address when they're purchasing cards on eBay and just send it directly to us. We'll also get, um, (laughs) yeah, we'll also get packages that have 10,000 cards in them. Um, and basically what we do is we open up your packages. We process the cards. If they're raw, we give them like a light grade, a light score, A, B, or C. If they're, um, graded or if it's waxed, they go straight into your account. Um, and so we process them. Um, once they're processed, they go to our vault in New Hampshire where they're, you know, safe and, and backed by insurance, um, in our vault. Um, and then you'll get a notification that your cards are uploaded into your collection on our site. And all you need to do is go in and choose the quantity that you want to list for sale, choose the price, um, and then they're live on the market. Or you can just store them in your collection and wait for, wait for the right time. Um, and so really the goal there was kind of just creating a, a seamless, easier process for people that are selling cards.
0: Okay, so then I go and I look... For different cards that I want, I see one, and do you guys help with that price figuring out, or is that just like, well, I'm going off eBay comps there, and I list it for sale. How does uh, you guys help with that?
1: Yeah, so we have pricing data on the site. So when you go to the card page, um, you'll see uh, the last sold uh, you know items for all the grades that that we have on Star Stock. So ranging from A, B, and C to PSA 10s and BGS nine fives, and we'll show you the pricing information there. And so we, we let our users use that and, and figure out, you know, what's fair.
0: So the cards that are submitted to your platform, what makes you guys different is that it doesn't have to be these graded PSA 10 cards. You can actually submit raw cards. Talk about that process and how you evaluate what those raw
1: cards are worth. So we have a, a light grading system for our raw cards. So basically we do this um, based out of our own experience buying raw cards in other marketplaces. And you know, obviously everyone's experienced that moment where you, you think you've done your due diligence and looked all, at all the photos and, and zoomed in as much as you possibly could at the corners and the surface. Um, and then the card that shows up uh, at your doorstep just looks a lot different. <laughs> And so we wanted to create a, a way for people to trust that when they're buying a raw card on StarStock, they're getting a good quality raw card, or at the very least, they know the quality that they're getting. And so we have a system where we rank these cards A, B, and C. So A is a mint or near mint condition card um, that we've looked at while we're processing. And you know we might see one really minor issue, maybe it's the tiniest bit off centered, or there's Uh, a small surface mark, but we still think it's, uh, you know, mint or or near mint condition card. A B is a card that has, you know, an issue or two that we can identify pretty easily, but still like a fine looking card. And a C is a card that comes to us and is just really bad looking. Um, And so, you know, it's just a way for people to just know what they're getting when they're buying something on our site. Um, We've done a few PSA submissions in the past with our StarStock A cards and 93% have come back a nine or a 10, which um, is exactly what we are trying to achieve. Basically, you know that when you're buying a Starstock A, you're getting a good card. Um, and so that's something that we do that's a little bit different from from some of the other marketplaces out there.
0: And then you guys are pretty particular, like you, we, you can't send in inserts, right? It's a lot of like base or premium cards. How do you evaluate what cards are allowed on Starstock?
1: So we're like in the process actually of really widening what we accept um we were pretty narrow with what we were focusing on when we launched um you know the first rule is rookie cards only um we launched when we launched we were actually only accepting current athletes we've since expanded to vintage we've expanded to soccer um next week actually we're going to expand to a bunch of more sports um and we're really starting uh, starting to kind of widen um our checklist uh and so we don't take inserts Um, but we take, you know, all rookie base cards, um, for, you know, uh, a number of sets as well as basically any numbered auto or, or patch card as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. I know. I just, I have that special place in my heart for those downtown inserts. So maybe someday, maybe someday, but
1: someday, someday soon, like we we're planning to, to kind of expand further out into inserts very soon. Um, we're, we're, uh, expanding the checklist a lot over the next month or two. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So then for obviously, so this is like taking that idea of, Hey, I want ownership of the card. I don't want to have to physically hold it. And it's in your guys vault. And all these things are kind of, uh, you know, so if I buy from Scott, all of a sudden you just transfer it from your vault to my vault is kind of, or, uh, box, right. Is that the idea?
1: Yeah, exactly. So, it, you know, once, uh, if you buy a card from me, the ownership just transfers over into your account. And so the card will disappear from my collection and will appear in your collection. The card will remain in the vault. Um, you know, lots of people like keeping the card in the vault because it just allows you, one, you know, the card's safe um, and secure, but it also allows you to easily list that card for sale if you have intentions to sell it in the future. Having said that, um, every single card's redeemable and you can get the card shipped out of out of our vault at any time. Um, and, and a lot of people like, uh, you know, taking advantage of that as well.
0: Yeah. Incredible. So when, uh, when we're looking at this and you see, you go out and you see things like PWCC, or obviously there's fractional platforms. What really sets you guys apart from, from those? And maybe it's even looking at companies like PWCC and alt are the best kind of comparisons that people might first look at what really sets you guys apart there.
1: Yeah, you know, I think that, you know, first off, we're trying to build a marketplace for um, kind of a more broader market. So people that are looking to buy cards for twenty five cents all the way up to cards for twenty five thousand dollars, you know, we, we've seen sales on our site for for both. So I'd say that's the main thing is that we're kind of focused on providing a, a platform for everybody. Um, and, and we're also very focused on our product, um, providing data for people. Uh, we've created two of the first market indices in, in sports cards um, and just, you know, providing people with, with game stats and, and schedules and just creating this really fun, engaging experience where um, people really feel like they're buying into a card or they're buying into a player. Um, and what we've seen on our, on our site as well is, you know, some of our most um, active times are actually during games. Yeah. Um, and so we, you know, we, we try to take advantage of that and, and provide people with, uh, you know, with, with stats and, and news and, and, and game schedules and things like that.
0: Yeah. And that's actually what I've really used you guys for in the past is like you say, the stock market for cards, it's it's that it's like a Robin hood where you see these price movements, you can see news. And I love that idea. Cause it's once again, playing into the fantasy football world of it, what does that price action look like? So All of a sudden, you know, I'm a Warriors fan, John Morant goes, he crushes my soul. Is it, are all of a sudden his cards getting bid up like crazy or how does that kind of work? Because it's, is it like an auction base there? How does that transaction process work when something happens in game like the other day?
1: Yeah, so it's a bid ask model. Um, And so sellers can can list their card for a certain price. Buyers can come in and accept it or they can bid um, and vice versa. I'd say in terms of price movement, like we are, you know, we see tons of it. It really depends on the player, right? Because obviously if LeBron goes out and scores 50 points, that's already baked into his price. You know, we we expect that from LeBron or a Steph, um, even to some extent a little bit from a Ja Morant or someone who's proven that, he, that they can really be a star. Um, but then you'll see, you know crazy crazy price movement for younger guys people that are unproven people that you know that most fans might not know and so you know a classic example is uh talon horton tucker earlier earlier this year was pretty pretty unknown um and was you know maybe the 11th or 12th guy on the on the lakers roster coming into the year he was trading for about 50 cents to a dollar um and then he he went out and had a 30 point game lebron tweeted about him shot up to $20. And that happened in the matter of hours. Um, and we are one of the only marketplaces that can actually capture that live price movement um, because we allow people to instantly transact and you don't need to wait a week or two for the card to show up in the mail. Um, I think 24 hours later, the card price was back down to 5 or $10 <laughs> or something. Um, but we see it all the time. Another example was Markel Fultz, who was starting to um like really start to play better um for the for the magic and he tore his ACL um and we saw his card price lose like 75% of its value over the next you know 12 hours when he tore his ACL and so really depends on on the player and the situation typically for um the younger players they're more volatile whereas the players that have proven themselves um are, are a little bit less volatile
0: Yeah, I mean, just even the fact that you guys are one of the only platforms that have players like that on there, right, where you can where you can actually go and transact with those cards right away is huge and not have to, like, try and figure it out on eBay real time. Exactly. Yep. Someone who loves fantasy football. So how uh, maybe this is getting a little out there. Have you used this almost like in a strategy correlated with uh, DFS at all? Like in my mind last year, I kept going on the Titans and AJ Brown. But then there's that one week where corey davis goes off and it just crushed all my lineups right and i almost wish i knew about like a star stock to go i'm just going to go invest in, in some corey davis because if he goes off and ruins this you know my strategy could be pretty good here And i'm a little hedged have you have yeah. you ever gone kind of crazy like that at all or, or what
1: oh of course but i i'm usually the on the other side i usually double down <laughs> uh-huh. like i probably it'd probably be smarter of me to hedge i guess every you know everybody has those guys that even if they probably shouldn't be drafting them or picking them for their lineup, they always do. And, uh, but yeah, like if you really like someone for your DFS lineup, then you'd probably like to own their card as well. Right. Right. Um, and so I definitely, I definitely double down, you know, players that I'll draft in fantasy, I'll usually pick up their card as well.
0: It's kind of like, it's almost
1: like what they say with, uh, with like when you're buying a product of a company, you you know, like they say, like if you're going to buy the product, like buy a few shares of their stock as well. It's almost the same thing. If you're going to draft them to your fantasy football team, buy a couple cards too.
0: (laughs) Scott, you're going to ruin me, man. It's a, it's already a joke with our Alton team that I'm obsessed with Jalen hurts. Like I'm not even an Eagles fan. Like I don't, I shouldn't care, but for some reason, this is the guy I've like flag planted for next year. And I'm, I'm definitely going to go and buy some on star stock just to, just to add and have that. But you're right. It's like, this is a way that you lose money. If this all of a sudden he flops, you're like, Oh man, I was just so invested.
1: Totally. But the, the nice thing about this and and it's why I like really, I moved all the money that I was putting into sports betting into cards and I don't mm-hmm. really pay DFS as much anymore. I love season long. Um, but it's not a zero sum game. So I, as I was saying earlier, you know, I drafted Patrick Mahomes in 2018 with like the second to last pick of my draft. I lost, I lost my season long, um, fantasy league and he wasn't on my team anymore and and uh and I got nothing for that insight that Mahomes was undervalued. Um you know s- similarly if you place a sports bet a future on someone to win MVP or Rookie of the Year or whatever and they come in second place, you get nothing. Right. You get zero. Whereas with cards, um if you you know if you were to buy a Corey Davis or an AJ Brown, it's not going to zero dollars. Um right. and you know, if, if, uh, if you're almost right, you know, if they almost win MVP or they almost win rookie of the year, it's likely that their card price still went up in value. Um, And so I always liked that aspect about, about this space.
0: Right. Yeah. Not zero sum. So talk about the current uh, card market right now, right? It's the hot topic. Everybody, everyone's all afraid. Is it softening? Is it just a lull? Uh, what do you what are you guys seeing from your end, especially because you have so much more data than other people?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's two ways to look at it. Has the card market softened a little bit over the past few months? Yes, it has. Um, however, if you take a step back and you look at what the card market's done over the past year or two years, um, it's still nuts. It's still through the roof. And so I think it's pretty natural. And I think even... When we were going through, you know, the crazy weeks and months where the card market was going berserk, everyone knew at some point there there was going to be some sort of kind of um, reset, or you know, prices would have to dip down a little bit just to get to a, a you know, a more realistic you know place. And so right. I think that's completely normal. If you look at the the numbers year over year, though, they're still through the roof. I think the second aspect too is there's a lot of seasonality in sports cards. There's tons of it. right? And we're in a period now that's a little bit quieter. And if you look at the kind of the main sports in the space, which are probably basketball, baseball, and football, obviously, you know, soccer's pretty big and, and hockey as well. But those three main sports, basketball's towards the end of the season. Um, mm. You know, the, the most hype, the most activity – happens in the weeks leading up to the season and then the first you know month or two during the season baseball right. has now kind of uh moved past that beginning of the year hype we're we're entering the middle of the season for baseball and so that beginning of the year hype has kind of disappeared there and we're still very very much in off season for nfl we're, we're still a few months away and so I think we're, you know, seasonality wise, we're in a month or two period where the market's always going to be a little bit quieter every single year. Um, and so that's how I look at it. And And what we're seeing on our site reflects that. But, you know, what what's exciting is we're starting to see football really pick up. There's some really exciting um, kind of news and stories within the nfl this year whether it's julio jones or aaron Rodgers or this exciting draft class that came in and so football sales are starting to pick up a little bit um and you know i'd I'd say you know last thing is like markets go up and down and it you know you don't want a market that's only going to go up all the time and you don't want a market that's only going to go down all the time so this is you know i'm this is great you know and and for star stock you know the way we think of it is we want to build the best marketplace for sports cards and we're going to be here when it's going up and we're going to be here when it's going down and uh and that's kind of how we think of it
0: yeah i'm with you that it's a bit overblown especially with the the seasonality of it and even just to drill into that because it seems like there's kind of some mixed reviews on when's the best time to buy cards. What are some of the hype cycles? Would you say the going, and maybe I'm selfishly asking this from my own collection, right? Would you say going into seasons where like everybody's a potential winner, right? Everyone could be MVP. Is that kind of some of the best like peak periods and then playoffs? What do you guys see on on your side?
1: Yeah, I think it's the, the, you know, month or two leading up to a season, people like to kind of make their picks on who they think are going to be good and, um, and then those first, you know, month or two of the season, that's when people are like, you know, either selling off their players that they were right about or buying new players that they, you know, um, that are starting to show that, that they could potentially have a really good season. And so typically the most activity happens, you know, leading up and then in the beginning. Um, and then there's obviously like different events and things that can happen in the middle of the season, whether it's, you know, when they announce who made the all-star team or, you know, playoffs, usually the overall market kind of goes down a little bit, but there's a few players that just go nuts. You know, the, the Mm -hmm. few guys that surprise you in the playoffs. And so, um, and then, you know, draft and we're, we're lucky that we live in a sports world right now where free agency is just nuts every single year. And so there's, there's different periods throughout the year, but typically it's the, the months leading up in the first couple months of the season that are that are usually the you know the kind of the peak
0: okay so for someone like you who's so into the weeds of all this talk to me about what you're thinking about right now what are you and maybe you don't want to tip your hand completely but what are you buying what are you selling uh or thinking about the space
1: yeah so you know i personally so i i have a collection of cards and then i have you know my portfolio of cards in my starstock account that i'm just trading and, and flipping and, and trying to make money on and so i'm really into golf cards so that's what my collection looks oh, like a nice. lot of golf um big carmelo anthony fan so a lot of, a lot of mellow and, and a few kobe's kind of trickled in there um and then on Starstock, uh just have a a collection or or a portfolio of cards that i'm just like trading and flipping around and so I think now the move is to is to start looking at football. Um, I haven't bought any football cards yet, leading up to this season. But that's kind of what's on my to do list for the next uh, weekend or two is to start doing some research and, and figuring out who who uh, who might be some good people to pick up for next year.
0: All right, well, man, we might have to have you back on as a pre uh, pre fantasy football kind of season long draft season starts. That would be that would be a good show um, for people who want to get involved. On Starstock, What do they got to do?
1: Starstock.com. Sign up for an account. Super easy. Um, or, you know, you can even start as simply just shipping in your cards to us. Um, you'd have to create an account uh, as well, probably. But there's, yeah, you can you can come in as a buyer. You can come in as a seller. Typically, we see uh, most of our users are a little bit of both. Um, but it's, it's really easy. And you, you can uh, sign up on Starstock.com. For the lawyers in the back, a quick
0: disclaimer. You understand that by listening to this podcast, you are not receiving financial advice. No content published here constitutes a recommendation that any particular security, transaction, or investment strategy is suitable for any specific person. You alone are solely responsible for determining whether an investment, security, or strategy, or any other product or service is appropriate or suitable for you based on your investment, objectives, and personal financial situation. Please speak with a financial advisor to understand if the risks inherent in trading are appropriate for you. Trade at your own risk. Bum, bum, bum.